0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do it yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. It's another beautiful day and another episode of Life Repurposed, and I'm so happy that you have chosen to join me today. I'm going to be talking about evaluating goals a little bit. And if you're not a goal setter, stay with me because I'm not a goal setter in the traditional sense of the word. I don't have my whole year strategically planned out or anything like that. I am working in quarters this year. I have some big goals that I want to accomplish, but I'm looking at 90 day sprints where I can try to get a lot more done in that amount of time and then looking at the next 90 days. So I'm coming to you as I'm wrapping up the first quarter of 2021, and I'm going to look at how we can evaluate our goals, how we can find balance and look at whether we're achieving the balance that we really need in our lives, and then give you a resource that you can potentially use as you set your 90-day goals as well. So here we go on episode number 86 And you will find the show notes at Rayburn.com slash 86 with links to everything I talk about in this episode so you can have it at your fingertips too. I'm in a season. Maybe you can relate. This season involves long hours and little time left for relaxation or recreation. There have been some nights where I'm still in my office after supper. I'm working late into the evening, even into the hours when I should be asleep. There are just so many projects that need to get done. There's some deadlines coming up, and so it's been push, push, push. Most days, this doesn't bother me because I love the work that I do, and so that makes it fun. It's more of a physically taxing thing because of the long hours, but not so much mentally stressful. Although I have had some days where there were too many deadlines and not enough hours where I sense that panic attack feeling like it's coming on and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I have to just breathe and take one step at a time. Sometimes we look for a balanced life and I don't know exactly how you define a balanced life, but I think it looks different for everybody. So there are times when You look at the day to day picture of my life, and you would say, You have no balance. There are not enough hours to take the self care time that's needed. I might be working six day weeks instead of the desired five day week. There's a lot of hustle going on sometimes, and not so much of the relaxation and enjoying the hobbies. But the reason I believe that I have balance is that. This is not a permanent thing and it is not happening all the time. These are seasons where I'm launching something or something big is happening and there's just lots of things happening. But then it is counterbalanced, and this is where more of the balance comes in, with sort of a freer schedule. And so I did this in the month of December. I had a really big press in the end of like... October, early November, there was just a lot going on, but I intentionally did not schedule any new projects to start in the month of December. It allowed me to have a lot more flexibility to sleep in some mornings, to still do a lot of work, but to not have it all be so tightly scheduled because there were a ton of deadlines. Then in January, February, March, I launched into another season where there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and a lot of things that are great, and we're celebrating happening because of that. But now I'm looking ahead at when is going to be that season where I set aside some time that's not going to launch a new project. It's going to be a lot more flexible. So that's how I balance. I also, on a day-to-day basis, have some things that I do that help me mentally be more relaxed and feel as though there's some balance happening. So I'm going to give you some of those tips in this episode, and you can see if it applies to how you want to live your life because you have a choice over your schedule. So you can also structure it however it goes. I'm going to include a resource at the end that also and talks from another person's perspective about how they achieved some balance between work and recreation and rest in their life too. So that will be at the end of this episode. A lot of sacrifice goes into accomplishing goals, and this means we need to know what our priorities are. We need to know how to manage all of those things, which things get the most of our energy, When we need to spend a lot of time on something that's going to have a ton of steps, but it's going to be a rewarding thing, like for me, that's publishing a book, I need to know what my priorities are so that book gets published and so the other things happen too. It doesn't mean I can just check out of my everyday life and not see my family for six months. It all has to ebb and flow and overlap. It's just so interwoven that we can't separate out our goals from our everyday life sometimes. There was a time when I had a notebook with a master list of tasks, and they were grouped by urgent and coming soon and long-term, wishful thinking, that kind of thing. It was almost like a bullet journal, and I would copy my lists over each day, or I would take that notebook out and I'd make lists. The problem was that each day, I would recopy that list minus the things I had accomplished the day before, but then I would add five more things. And some of those days, I crossed off only three. So you can understand how you get into a situation here where that list just becomes unmanageable, overwhelming, too much for your brain to process. Can you relate? Maybe you've gone through that too. Too much on the list. So many tasks that all seem important. Interruptions that lead to incompletion. So you think, I'm going to complete this project today, and then something happens that leads it to be (laughs) incomplete again the next morning, and it's back on the list. Forgetting something important because there's so many things rattling around in your brain, and all of a sudden, an important appointment is forgotten. Feeling like there's no time to relax. The problem with this system is that the feeling of overwhelm came for me looking at that list every day. This notebook looks massively like impossible. I can't possibly get all these things done. And I still have sort of a mental to-do list that crops up that feels that way. But I've had to learn how to manage it in a way that helped me to not feel so much overwhelm this bullet journal type thing that I was using had so many pages and I'd have to look through that list to figure out what's important for the day. Even if I put things on a calendar and thought, I'm going to take this amount of time, which I'm a big fan of time blocking. That's how I get my work done. But, you know, it has to be flexible because if you plan it all out and then something comes up that was unexpected, it all crashes and burns and you have to figure out how do I reprioritize from there. So each morning I would have to look at that to-do list and figure out what was important for that day. Well, by the time you get your morning routine done, you maybe read your Bible, you answer some emails, then you're trying to figure out what am I going to do today and that list is just too much. So what would happen when my brain couldn't process it was that I would just be paralyzed by not knowing where to start. So that meant scrapping the list and often starting some sort of other project that was much more satisfying or rewarding that had nothing to do with what was on my list. So it might have been, um, today I'm going to reorganize my office, or today I'm going to sort all of the bathroom cupboards and get rid of some things, give some things to charity. I'm going to spring clean the laundry room or something like that. Okay. So it helped because I felt like I was doing something and it was wonderful because there was a beautiful before and after on any kind of organizing project, but it didn't help me with my to-do list. And I felt even more behind at the end of the day, even though I'd accomplished so much. The problem with this is it's sort of like eating a pan of brownies when you want to lose weight. You get to the end of the day and there's all this guilt and no progress. And so it's like the brownies tasted really good while they were going down. But then at the end of the day, it left me even more behind on my weight loss goals. So if you can relate to that, you know how this works with the schedule too. I just added one more thing that wasn't even on my list and I did that and it felt satisfying. It was delicious to get this organized. But at the end of the day, I made no progress. Over time, I've assimilated a variety of methods into what works for me, and you need to do this too. It is something that it takes sampling from a method that works for another person and another person and putting them together into something that works for you. The reason I'm sharing it with my listeners is because people often ask me, how do you get so much stuff done? A lot of it has to do with focusing in on what really matters on a given day and giving that my all. And then moving on the next day to the next thing and giving that my all. And it's not looking as much at the big picture, but at smaller ones. For me, that's really difficult because I'm more of a big picture person. I like to process all the details and look at where they're all going to fit into a puzzle. But it's very important that even big picture people learn how to look at the smaller daily goals. So I'm going to share some tips with you today and you can sort through and you can decide what works for you. I'm going to give you five tips that have worked for me. Things that have come out of my experimentation process and thinking about productivity. The reason I'm sharing this episode right now is we just are wrapping up that third quarter or the third month of the first quarter of the year. And if you're listening to this like later in the year, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, it doesn't matter what day of the month it is or what month we're in, you can start new habits at any time. One of the mistakes we make sometimes is thinking, well, January came and went, so I can't set any goals for the year. Or, uh, The first quarter is done and now we're, we're two weeks into the second quarter. I guess I have to wait until the third. No, you can start your quarters on whatever day you want to. So if you need to start some new habits and you are in the fourth month of the year or you're in the seventh month of the year, it doesn't matter. You are going to establish your own timeline and just launch those. So even though I'm focusing on this because I'm wrapping up a quarter and thinking about my own goals. Yours can be whatever you want them to be. So one of the tips that I've discovered is that I need to know my target outcome. Some people call this knowing your why. I, I do have to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Sometimes I ask myself, why am I doing this? Does this even matter to anybody? But I have to know my target outcome. So some questions I ask here is like, what will be a win? What am I trying to do? How important is this to me? So here's an example. If my target outcome is writing a book, I have to ask myself, will writing the book be the win? Will publishing the book be the win? What am I trying to do? Am I trying to write it? And then what's? is there another step after that? Or am I going to publish it? What will I do to make it happen? Will I make it happen or will I just talk about it? So I have to know the outcome. So with smaller goals, this is easy to do. I I know by the end of the week that I want to finish painting the bathroom. I mean, that's like a, that one's easy for me. I know I'm going to paint and it's going to be done. Um, that's a home project, but like uh, writing a book is a long process. So I have to know where am I going to fit this and how am I going to get it done, all that. But I have to know my target outcome first. So for me, it is, I'm going to write this book. Okay, the second thing that I have to do is eliminate everything that isn't necessary. This one is hard because this varies from week to week. For example, there are some weeks that I decide cleaning is not necessary. Now, you might think I'm not serious, but I I am serious here. There are some times when cleaning my house is not my top priority, even though I love to have a clean house. But I have other things that take priority over that. There are some times where there are projects I need to eliminate. I get involved in too many. There are hobbies that I don't need. It's like, this is not serving me because it's just more clutter around, so I have to get rid of that I need to eliminate the stress that's added to. So Sometimes this is stress I create myself. Sometimes it's just that I have to have boundaries against some of the other people in my life that cause some of the stress. I need to eliminate any activities that aren't necessary, meetings. There are some times where someone will ask me if we can have a phone call, but it would take us like A minute or two to send an email back and forth, there are some times where the email would be longer and the phone call would be faster. So I ask myself, do we really have to meet about this or could we do a quick exchange back and forth? There's mental and physical clutter that I need to eliminate as well. Mental clutter is that massive to-do list and how do I process that? It's too much up there in my head. I can't do it. Physical clutter could be the things around me. It could also be that um, physical clutter could be holding me back from setting up the workspace I need. There's so many different applications depending on your situation. So eliminate everything that isn't necessary because that will help you to focus on that target outcome. So we're going to know our target outcome. We're going to eliminate everything that isn't necessary. Then number three, I'm going to identify the one thing I will accomplish each day and two smaller items that I'd be tempted to procrastinate. I'm choosing an achievable target for the day if it's a chunk of a bigger goal, I have to designate a time number to that goal. So here's an example. Recently, I was working on editing a book for another author, and this is like, you know, a 40-hour project. So I'm not going to be able to do that in one day. So how do I put that on my to-do list for day after day? Well, if I know that my brain works in you know, one hour segments where I edit and then I take a break and then I edit and take a break. I know that I can get four or five hours of editing in a workday along with some of that other stuff you just have to do, like emails and making some phone calls and that kind of stuff. So if I can designate, I will, my big goal for today is I'm going to spend four hours on this editing project. So that's the big goal. I'm going to use a time clock app and I'm going to actually log to make sure I do those four hours. I can't put the editing project on my list in itself because I'm not going to finish it and it's not going to feel like I achieved anything. So I'm going to choose a chunk of time. Those other two smaller items that I'd be tempted to procrastinate, they might actually be bigger. For me, these are often things that have to be done during the business hours. For example, I needed to call our local um, surgery center over a medical bill recently just to ask some questions. Well, they're only open during the same hours that I would normally be working. And so I don't love those kinds of conversations anyway. So I would procrastinate it from day to day to day. That just is Irritating to keep seeing it show up on the list when it's not really that big of a deal. So I just put it on that smaller. I will not procrastinate this. I'll get it done. Gives me a little box to check and then I have that done. It could also be an email that I need to send a reply that took a little longer. Couldn't do it on my phone. I might put that on my list or it could be an actual project. Like I need to design some graphics and it's going to take me an hour or so to do. And that's perfect to fit in with the other things. So. Each one of us knows what our big goals for the day are going to be and what our smaller ones. I've chosen three because when you look at a workday, this is just how a lot of productivity methods actually are using this three goal thing. It seems like it's about what you can do in chunks of time in a workday. So sometimes I add a fourth and sometimes I have one because it's an eight hour project and I'm not going to be able to get another thing done that day. So I flex a lot in that So we're going to know our outcome. We're going to eliminate everything that isn't necessary. We're going to identify the one thing plus two smaller things that we're going to get done. Number four, make room for creativity. This is my trick, (laughs) if it's a trick, for how I can accomplish a ton of things and press on and press on with work when I'm in one of those seasons where it has to be extra hours. I make room for creativity. It's the thing that nourishes me. Now, for you, it might not be creativity. It might be sleep. <laughs> so it might be something like that. For me, it's creativity. And here's why. My brain is wired to find gratitude, joy, and appreciation in seeing something beautiful or creating something beautiful. Sometimes my work itself is that so rewarding that that's the creative thing. If I'm designing a book cover for somebody, it feels like my whole day might have been a fun day. Because it was just creative. So those days are why I can work for eight hours on a project and not feel exhausted because I've done something fun and creative. But if my work is much more mundane, then I might make room for a little bit of time of coloring. Often for me, it's something with photography. I go out to get the mail. I take my phone with me, and I take pictures of a couple of flowers while I'm out getting the mail. I stop, and I appreciate that beauty there. That's creative. That's an expression of creativity. It might be music. It might be listening to music. It might be actually playing piano or creating music. I don't always sit at the piano as often as I'd like to, but I do listen to music a lot, or I sing while I'm making my lunch. It could be reading. Sometimes this is actually reading a book, but a lot of the time for me, it is listening to an audiobook and I can do that while I'm at the track. So I go for a 40 minute walk and I listen to a book while I'm at the track. So it's a win-win because I get to do two things. Uh, something creative for me is graphic design. So I might create something fun that has nothing to do with work and I'm just playing around. And sometimes it's just daydreaming, I like to sit and think and observe the world around me and let the ideas just flow. So I make room for creativity because this nourishes me. And even on those days where I have only 15 minutes of creativity, it really helps to balance me out from some of the work that I'm doing. So I know my outcome. I eliminate everything that isn't necessary. I identify what I'm going to accomplish each day. I make room for creativity. And lastly, celebrate wins. I'm an achiever and oftentimes achievers just check it off and they're on to the next thing. I catch myself doing this all the time. I don't celebrate. Sometimes for me it's just writing it on paper so so I can look back in a few months and say, "Wow, there were some wins." I don't I didn't celebrate them big, but I put them on paper so that I can acknowledge them. Sometimes it is a celebration. Recently, I launched a compilation book. The, we've been talking about it all the time on the show here, Life Repurposed, because it's a spinoff of the podcast. And on the night that that went live, it was, you know, one of those take a deep breath. It's finally out there. It's on Amazon. And my husband had to run to town for some supplies from the home improvement store. So I just rode along and we went through a drive through and got some supper that was a nice little celebrate. I said, I'm having ice cream tonight because I'm celebrating that this book is finally launched. That is something I almost didn't take the time to do. I almost said I have a million things to do yet. You just run to town. I'll find something to eat here. You grab something in the drive through But instead, I went along and made it kind of like a fun little celebration. So like I said, even if it's just writing it down and tracking it in a journal. Now, I want to share, speaking of journals, of a resource that can help you with your goals and help you with all of these things that I just talked about. It can help you with knowing your outcome, eliminating what isn't necessary, identifying what you're going to accomplish, making room for creativity, and celebrating wins. So you don't have to start, like I said, on the calendar quarter. Your 90 days can start any day. So here's a resource that I think could help you. I talked about it at the beginning of the year, and it's been a little while since I've talked about the 123 Ideas and Progress Journal. This is for achievers and list lovers. It's a three month journal for people who don't love journaling in the traditional sense of the word, like just opening a journal and free flowing your thoughts. Instead, it's more of a productivity journal in that you can uh, put your progress down there, you can put your goals, and then you can uh, celebrate those wins and stuff at the end of the week, at the end of the month. So the 90-day journal was created for achievers who love to check boxes, but also like to think outside of the box. So that creative, like I don't want it to be too structured. There has to be some space for me to to add my own little touch. So it's set up for creating a big goal. That's the one. Two, three, two smaller ones that you can do um, throughout the day. Uh, These are essentially every day you're going to have three goals, the big one and the two smaller ones. And then there's a separate weekend plan. Uh, So there's the one main goal, the two smaller goals, and then three things that bring you joy. This is something that when I get really busy, I catch myself not filling out that section of my journal. And it's so important to look back and see what brought me joy today, because that's what gives life the meaning. And that's what just adds so much flavor and um, color to her life. And so that part's there because it's important for us to look back. It could be so small. It could be a text message from someone made us smile. It could be, um, Something that, you know, like I sometimes it's the sunshine that brings me joy that day. Some little fun comment my husband made. It could be anything. So that's there. And then um, you also have a spot for some creativity. So you could brainstorm a little bit, write down some, you know, like creative um a new way of doing something. You just jot a note, you saw something on a news story that you think this, this innovation could help me. It could be you doodling and coming up with um, your, your next goal for your next quarter. It could be making lists and organizing project tasks. There's some empty space there for that. You could write reminders for the next day and then there's a place for you to put a win down, essentially like what are you celebrating at the end of the day as far as a win. I also use my one, two, three journal for taking notes. I'm in a weekly mastermind for podcasters in the Christian Podcasters Association. And when I'm taking notes, I put those in my one, two, three journal because then I can pull it out later and I can find, you know, someone recommends resources. Someone mentions something that makes me think, Oh, yeah, I should do that. So I use it for that too. And then you could use it for traditional journaling if you like to write down some thoughts and feelings. Now, one of the things I like to do with this is knowing that I'm going to have a big goal for the next day. I like to establish that often before that day. Sometimes even on Monday, I'll pencil in some of my goals for the week, and then I will erase and actually write it in pen on the morning of. But it really helps me to look at the bigger picture for the week and see like, okay, this will be my goal for Monday. This will be my main one for Tuesday, for Wednesday, and some of the smaller ones get filled in there too. By doing it ahead, it saves me getting up in the morning and sitting there looking at all the things that need to be done and then wondering, how am I going to get this done? So the other thing that I do is I use time blocking on my calendar. And that's generally where I go then to choose my tasks. If I've blocked a chunk of time because I'm going to record and edit podcasts on that morning, let's say, That's going to be my main goal for the day is to get those podcasts recorded and edited because that's where I've budgeted most of my time. So by using my calendar and what I've already planned out, that's how I set my big goals for the day. There is a lot of room for flexibility in the journal where you can look at the biggest innovation that you had for the week and you can celebrate like I really had a great idea here or this wonderful thing happened. So at the end of the week, it allows you to look back and celebrate. There are some sample pages so that you can see exactly what a, a day plan would look like and what those weekend ones would look like. So I will have a link in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 86. And then you'll be able to look at the 123 journal and see what the pages look like on the inside for some samples. Right now, this journal comes in a matte, colorful, hardcover. It also comes in a glossy that's uh, black and gray and a little more classy for business if you're looking for something that looks professional. So those are both available and I'll have a link in the show notes to those. The other thing I had said early at the beginning of this episode was that I would give you one more resource if you're looking for something that connects with Finding balance. Michael Hyatt talked recently on the Lead to Win podcast about how he resets after a busy season. And I'm linking up to that in the show notes as well. He talked about how there are just times when things are out of balance because we're launching something or managing a big project, but he has intentional downtime after that to recharge. It's not just going on vacation, like a a vacation that's packed with all kinds of activities, but it really is more of a sabbatical that he plans that helps him to find that balance again at the end of a busy season. So um, I encourage you to listen to the episode if you're looking for another perspective on what it's like to reach goals and to also make sure that your your mind stays fresh in the middle of that and that your soul stays nourished. And so that's, that's really the, the important idea of this whole episode is that we achieve goals, but we also balance that out with nourishing our souls. So if you're looking for those resources, those will be in the um, show notes for this episode. What I want to leave you with today is this idea that you can do it. I want you to be able to look at what is your big goal? What would you do if you had 90 days handed to you? Because really, that's what life is. You've been handed 90 days, you've been handed 30 days, whatever. We don't know what that time frame is, but you've been handed a block of time. What are you going to do with it? This does not have to be a business goal. This can be a very personal goal. It can be um, things that have to do with raising kids. It could be what you're doing with a business idea, but it can also be with accomplishing fitness goals. There are so many different things that you can do and use the 90-day journal for and to use the method that I talked about with the five tips. So my encouragement to you is to do it, to stop talking about it and just do it and to see where it leads. Just let God lead the way, plan out the next 90 days, and then come to the end of that and celebrate what happened and what God did in your life. If you haven't yet checked out the Life Repurposed community, I encourage you to do that. This is where you can join in with other people on Facebook and talk about some of the topics that are on this podcast, but we're also talking about other life issues that relate to the topics on here. I've been working on strategizing on some new ways that we can discuss content, new ways for you to get to know one another. So as that group continues to grow and expand, you're going to see more posts in there, more opportunities for you to connect with other people. So please check out Life Repurposed and you will find us just by searching that on Facebook and join the community. I hope you have a great week. I hope that you begin to look at new goals and that you have something to celebrate in your life. Next time, I will be back with an interview with a guest, so please come back and join me for that. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at MichelleRayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.